The Craig Fawley Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Lynette's Shrimp House, located in Highland Park. It's Metro Detroit's premier destination, serving juicy fried shrimp, fish, and wings, alongside soul food sides and new additions to the menu, like turkey tacos and desserts. Located at 13548 Woodward in Highland Park, just north of the Davison, Lynette's is open for takeaway, noon to 8, Tuesday and Thursday, noon to 10 p.m., Friday and Saturday, and noon to 5 p.m. on Sunday. Call now, get some Lynette's. Hey, greetings, everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Glad to have you with me today. And it is a Monday, which means we're going to talk a little bit of NFL and maybe some college football action as well, although there wasn't a whole lot of that in Ann Arbor this weekend. In fact, none, really. Uh, but the Lions pulled off an improbable victory yesterday. And every Monday, my friend Pat Batchelor, morning anchor at WDET, joins me to discuss all the things that are going on. Welcome, Pat. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, The Lions, improbable victory yesterday. They were down 10 points late in the game to the Chicago Bears, uh, managed to come back with about five, six minutes left. Um, Daryl Bevel gets a win in his first game as the interim head coach of the Detroit Lions. Players seem to respond to him. He definitely let the offense do its thing, opened it up a little bit. Matt Stafford was winging the ball all over the place yesterday, sometimes unwisely. But, hey, they pulled out a victory on the road again. Um which means that their playoff hopes are not completely dead. Very unlikely at this point. But at the same time, it was nice to see some effort from this team, which I think we had been lacking for the bulk of the year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you could see it toward the end of the game. I mean, uh, I, I was a little concerned when Matthew Stafford uh, did his Kent to Culvey impression uh, and uh, threw a sidearm pass that uh, promptly got intercepted. Uh, but the Bears, I, if I recall, they did not convert that into points, uh, and the Lions got the ball back, so they were, uh, uh, you know, they they didn't they didn't really pay big for that. Uh, they got uh, two late touchdowns. Uh, the uh, the one that put them ahead. Uh, was uh, due to a, a great play on the defensive line by Romeo Oquara, who has basically been the one and only star of this defense all season long. Uh, stripped the ball uh, from uh, Mitchell Trubisky, the uh, Bears quarterback. Lions recovered deep uh, in uh, Bears territory, and then uh, Adrian Peterson plunged in for the go-ahead score. Lions held on, um, and, uh, yeah, I, you know, I actually... That was actually fun. You know, I, I, I haven't enjoyed a Lions game uh, uh, in a long time, but that was a good finish, something that they failed to do repeatedly under Matt Patricia. They would get leads, and then they would squander them and lose, or they would find themselves down so much uh, that uh, any, any attempt at a rally uh, comeback would usually fall short. Uh, but to see them overcome a 10-point deficit against a team that was second in the league in fourth-quarter points... Um, you know, uh, it was it was good to see. Yeah, it, it certainly was good to see. And and I'll tell you what, um, the Bears helped <laughs> the Lions <laughs> towards the end of the game. There was a point where they were they were marching down the field uh, with plenty of time on the clock um, to to potentially win the game. And wide receiver on third down unexpectedly steps out of bounds in, in an attempt to stop the clock instead of getting the needed first downs. And then they had fourth and one which the Lions actually stopped them on. I haven't seen that in a long time. 
a couple of really questionable moves by the Bears towards the end of that game has Bears fans exactly where we were after the Thanksgiving game, wondering if it's time to fire the coach and the general manager. The Bears are not in a good place. No, they're not. Uh, they started 5-1. and one. Uh, Some of those wins uh, looked a bit iffy. Uh, well, especially so you, the one against the Lions, which we should have won. Right, exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, since starting 5-1, and one, they've lost six in a row. Uh, and they just the, the quarterback situation for them is a mess. Uh, you've got Mitchell Trubisky, Nick Foles, neither one uh, have been really consistent or impressive uh, uh, so far this season. Um, I haven't heard uh, uh, whether the Bears are mulling a move at this point. Um, they might not be. I mean, they, you know, they've lost six in a row, uh, but they're still, along with the Lions, only one game out of the uh, NFC playoff picture. Uh, you know, do you, you know, I don't know what the Bears' chances of getting that would be, probably no better than the Lions, but uh, still, you know, do you fire a coach uh, at, at this point, especially someone who's been there as long as Matt Nagy has, uh, if they still have even a mathematical shot at, uh, uh, at making the playoffs? But, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, the, I, I, and I was thinking, you know, as the Bears were driving, the thought entered my head, let them score a touchdown <laughs> so you can get the ball back. It yeah. worked in Atlanta, yeah. you know, so, but uh, they, they didn't need that. No, they didn't need it. Um, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit about Daryl Bevel. Uh, this is a guy who has been an assistant coach for a long time, an offensive coordinator for some really good teams over the years, but he's never gotten a head coaching job. Uh, he, of course, is a former uh, quarterback at the University of Wisconsin, probably back about the time when you and I were in school. It was a while ago, but he was a good player in college, uh, didn't get a look, so he went into coaching. He's progressively moved up the ranks, but he's been in charge of offenses at a number of places. And uh, what is it about him that he hasn't gotten this shot before? Because has he been talked about a lot? I don't know. I'm not really sure why uh, he hasn't been looked at for head coaching jobs elsewhere, or if he has, why he hasn't been hired. Um, the, the the noticeable difference yesterday was, uh, as as the players uh, said after the game, you know, the week of preparation that they had, uh, or I guess week and a half um, of uh, of preparation after the Thanksgiving game, uh, it was much more relaxed, uh, not as um, uh, just totally different from what Matt Patricia did. I mean, I guess Patricia just, you know, uh, had a brutal uh, practice schedule or, or you know, deep or maybe other things not related to practice, but uh, it was always very intense. Uh, and uh, uh, Daryl Bevel's a little bit more easygoing, I guess, and the players responded to that. You, and you could see the life they had uh, at, uh, at the end of the game. Um, now, you know, what happens after this? I mean, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, we're, as I understand it, Daryl Bevel is going to be considered uh, as a candidate for the head coaching job. Uh, the risk that you, the risk that you take, if somehow the Lions do manage uh, to, you know, maybe win two or three of these uh, games, if they go, let's say he wins, finishes three and two, um, and they decide, uh, I mean, do you lock yourself into a situation where the next GM? can't bring him in, bring in his own coach. I mean, you know, hiring Daryl Bevel temporarily to finish this season makes sense, but uh, it really should be up to the next GM to decide whether Bevel should be the coach going forward. Um, we'll see what happens there. 
Well, yeah, and it, it's but it's interesting to see. I mean, I, I was listening to uh, Chris Spielman call the game yesterday, of course, former Lions linebacker, and, and I think one of the best guys in the broadcast booth out there. I always enjoy listening to him. But, you know, he had been talking to some of the players who called it like, you know, opening a window, letting in some fresh air with Daryl Bevel. And, and you could see it in terms of the play calling on offense. They were far less stubborn than they have been all year about, you know, trying to establish the run. And, and he really sort of unleashed Matt Stafford to do what Matt Stafford does, be a bit more of a gunslinger, throw the ball deep. It was nice to see that. It was nice to see, uh, of course, a long touchdown pass this year because we haven't seen a ton of those at all. Uh, and, you know, despite the fact that you're missing Kenny Galladay and DeAndre Swift, you know, the wide receivers were getting open yesterday. Uh, you know, Amendola came back and had a nice game for them yesterday. Uh, and and it's just, it seems like they were having more fun and they were trying a little bit harder. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it was, uh, I mean, you know, you, you had three different receivers uh, scoring touchdowns. The best one, of course, uh, uh, rookie Quintez Cephas, a mm-hmm. uh, Wisconsin product, uh, who caught a 49-yard just absolute rope uh, from uh, from Stafford. And it was right there. I mean, it just, you know, uh, one of the best, I mean, that uh, perfect pass. Uh, from uh, Matt Stafford and a great catch by Cephas uh, to uh, maintain possession throughout, you know, completing the process. Yeah, complete the process were, yeah. in Chicago. That's uh, um, something we got to do. But uh, Marvin Jones had a good game. Uh, even Jesse James, uh, the tight end, uh, 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 TJ Hawkinson. I mean, yeah, it hurts not having uh, Kenny Galladay out there, but they have options. And Stafford made uh, the most of the options that he uh, that he had available. Uh, Adrian Peterson scored two rushing touchdowns. Uh, so you know, even though, yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, they, they, it's not a team that's going to run. You know, that's going to have the kind of back that's going to, you know, carry the rock 25 times and gain 100 yards. They just don't have that. But they don't need it if you can. If you know, if AP or or. Uh, uh, one of the other backs can, you know, take it in from like four or five yards out. Well, <laughs> that's that's all you really need. Well, and Adrian Peterson on that that last touchdown that the Lions scored looked like a man who would just not be denied. He he had a purpose, and I mean they ran some people over to get him into the end zone on that last play, and uh, it was great to see uh, the enthusiasm that everybody had. I mean, you, you actually had guys jumping up and down on the field for the Lions. Uh, it, it was like I said. It was good to see them actually enjoying the game of football for the first time in a while. And like I said, I don't know if this means they're going to do anything. To make the playoffs, they probably got to win the rest of their games, which would be a very tall order, um, given what they've got in front of them on the schedule. But nobody's unbeatable in this league. No. Uh, now, the next game, of course, uh, is Sunday against the Packers. Uh, that's at Ford Field. The Packers, I mean, they're a good team. They're a Super Bowl contender. They destroyed the Lions uh, earlier in the season. Um, you know, it, it, it's not easy. All four of the Lions' opponents have records of 500 or better. Uh, you know, I mean, yes, they are they are within a game of, uh, of the last wild card spot. If they were to tie with Arizona, they would get the tiebreaker, uh, having beaten Arizona. But it's a tall order. I mean, I, I don't expect I don't expect them to beat the Packers uh, or the Titans or even the Buccaneers oh, the for that matter. Bad yesterday. Well, yeah, they did, but I mean, they they're playing they're playing a team that's on a mission. The the Cleveland Browns. I mean, oh, yeah. just what what they've done uh, over the last few years when they started their rebuild, it, it, it's 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 bearing some fruit, and uh, and they look like a really really good team. Um, you know, that that nine and three record is legit. Are they good enough to beat the Steelers? 
Uh, I don't know. Are they good enough to beat the Chiefs? I don't know. But they're in a, they're in a much better spot than the Lions have been in a, in a very long time. Um, but the Titans are still 8-4. and four. I mean, they're, you know, they're a good team, probably going to the playoffs. Um, Buccaneers are in contention, so are the Vikings. I mean, you've got four playoff contenders on the schedule the rest of the way. Um, Oh, you boy, know. did the Vikings get lucky yesterday in that game against <laughs> Jacksonville. Um, yeah. we, you know, we could have used that one yesterday, but yeah. um, still, uh, it was something interesting to see. Like I said, I, I don't have a lot of faith that these Lions are going to be able to win those games. I, I really don't, but I'll tell you what, it is nice to think that they're actually trying and playing for something. And Daryl Bevel, you know, maybe this is the shot that, that he hasn't gotten before, but because this guy has run offenses in places like Seattle that won Super Bowls. I mean, he's not uh, a bad coach. No, he's not. Um, can he handle the? Can he handle being the head guy? Well, you know, he did yesterday, uh, but uh, we'll know more uh, when they take on uh, these uh, next four teams. I mean, yeah, the Lions benefited from the fact that the Bears looked more like the Lions than even the Lions did. Oh yeah, uh, you know that that certainly helps. Um, but you know, I mean, if they if if they were to pull off the upset against the Packers. Uh, maybe get uh, maybe get uh, uh, a couple other wins. Who knows? Um, the uh, and I've read I've read uh, uh, some uh, articles since yesterday about how by winning the Lions actually did more harm to themselves than good. <laughs> of course, you know, middle well, of the draft, you know. Well, right, but I mean, look. First of all, they had the number three pick this year uh, in uh, Jeff Okuda, who has been a bust. Um, I wouldn't say he's a bust. I mean, he's a rookie defensive back, which is a tough place to be in this league. Yeah, but I mean... And he's hurt. Yeah, well, okay, yeah, he's hurt. But still, when, he, when he's been healthy, he has looked completely overmatched, uh, even for a rookie. Um, you know, the, it doesn't matter where your it doesn't matter what your draft position is if you've got somebody who doesn't know what to do with the draft picks. You know, if if the Lions end up say with the twelfth pick and the next GM is a talent whiz, a scouting genius, then I'm comfortable with the twelfth pick because you're still going to get a pretty good guy and somebody who will you know meet the system of of whatever head coach you hire because the new head coach is going to be uh, involved in that decision too. And like I said, I mean, even though their chances of acting Actually, you know, making the playoffs are slim with the schedule they've got. You can't tank right now. I mean, you're a game out of the playoffs with four games left. It's well, ridiculous and, and, to suggest the they should is, tank. But if you tank, you're still not going to be helping yourself that much. I mean, right. because, I mean, look, you've got teams like the Jets out there, which are just, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you saw the Jets game yesterday. They had, <sighs> um, it was really strange. They had, what, four seconds left in the game, and they were playing like man to man coverage. And of course, you know, the guy gets beat, he bites, he bites on a fake with four seconds left, like five yards down the field, even though they need a 50-yard touchdown pass to win. Yeah. It's like they purposely called that defense to, to put them in a position where they might lose that game. I, I can't think of anything else that happened, but 0-16 is not something that anybody should aspire to. I don't care if you're tanking or not. That's just, that's yeah. a legacy of shame that you never get rid of. Yeah, and even if they did tank, they'd still finish 5-11. and 11. That's probably still not going to get with as bad as the NFC East is. I mean, you still might not end up with a top 10 pick with no. uh, uh, with that. But, yeah, I mean, you're... you're they're mathematically they're mathematically they're in position where they could if everything goes right uh, land a playoff spot. You, you, you've got to play like it. You've got well, you've got to play like it. 
Well, speaking of playoff spots, uh, there's one team in the Big Ten that has a chance at making the college football playoff, and that is the Ohio State Buckeyes. Now, Michigan, of course, had their game canceled this week. Ohio State needs this game against Michigan this week uh, to have enough games to be eligible for this. Uh, they beat up on Michigan State uh, pretty good, uh, what, 51 51- Fourteen or something like that. Fifty-two to twelve. Fifty-two to twelve. Excuse me. So yes, they beat up on Michigan State pretty well, and I have a feeling they're going to do the same against Michigan this week. Uh, and you know, Michigan doesn't look like they've got the pieces necessary to compete in this game, let alone win. Uh, is this potentially the last game Jim Harbaugh coaches at the, on the sidelines at the University of Michigan? If it gets played, uh, then it probably would be. Um, there, you know, the rumor mill is swirling uh, again uh, about you know he's eyeing a return to the NFL. Uh, the only person I trust on matters like that is John Bacon, uh, who has written many books about Michigan football. Uh, he knows that program as well as, if not better than you know, everybody else who covers college football. Interesting that uh, John tweeted this morning that uh, his sources are telling him that a decision one way or another uh, regarding Harbaugh's future is almost certainly coming this week. Um, so whether that's an extension, whether that's uh, a, an amicable, amicable divorce uh, remains to be seen. Uh, whether it happens before the Ohio State game, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see. Uh, Harbaugh's news conference, which normally takes place on Monday, has been pushed back to Wednesday. Um, you know, we'll, they're really in a no-win position whether they play the game or not. If they play they're going to get smoked. I mean, you know, the, the, the worst route is, that Michigan's ever suffered came in 1891 when they lost to Cornell, 66 to nothing. That's going to look like a nail-biter compared to what, <laughs> what they're facing on Saturday. Um, I mean, Ohio State, if they play, Ohio State's going to score every time they touch the ball, probably only need two or three plays to do it. Michigan's going to go three and out just about every time. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be humiliating, to be sure. But if they don't play, Especially when you consider the fact that Ohio State has its own COVID issues. Ryan Day did not was not on the sideline. Uh, they had, one of his assistants was uh, acting head coach for the Spartans game. Uh, they left twenty three players in Columbus. That's two dozen players who did not come with the team to East Lansing, including four starters, seventeen scholarship players, and they still won by forty. Yeah, you know, I mean, and and as far as whether the game gets played, I mean, the rule is. Of course, the Big Ten set a, you know, the, set itself up for, you know, the worst possible scenario here when they decided that you had to had, uh, you had to have at least six wins in order to qualify for the championship game. Well, they didn't figure on Indiana being as good as Indiana's been. Uh, they figured, well, if Ohio State doesn't have enough games, we can always send Penn State or Michigan because they'll be good. Well, that didn't work out so well. Um, but look, uh, it, it's entirely likely that the Big Ten will put Ohio... If the game doesn't get played, the Big Ten will probably change its rule, change reverse course, and put Ohio State in the championship game because they're Ohio State. Uh, I object to that, uh, not because they're Ohio State, but because if the, if the roles were reversed, if Indiana were sitting on top of the East at 5-0, and and let's say they had beaten... Uh, Ohio State, but they'd only played five games. No, nope, they wouldn't. And, no, they wouldn't. Uh, they'd say, "Sorry, Indiana, rules are rules. We, you know, you didn't play enough games, even though you beat the best, one of the best teams in the country. Uh, you can't play your last game against Purdue because Purdue has COVID issues or whatever." Uh, they would. They would not make the exception for Indiana. 
that they would for Ohio State. It's it's just, you know, it's all about money. The of rules course. rules rules are written by the powerful to protect the powerful. Uh, and when the and, and when the rules don't favor the powerful, well, then they just change the rules. <laughs> you know, so that's you gotta that. love the NCAA and the bull people. I mean, it's just you know uh, and, the FBS is uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and as I don't think I don't think the I don't think the committee the, the 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 football playoff committee has that limitation. I mean, they could still even if Ohio State doesn't play, they could still take the Buckeyes. You know, because they're five and zero and they're ranked. You know, uh, number three, I think, uh, in the in the football rankings. Who do you find that's outside the top four that would be a better replacement? You know, I, I just don't think it's there. Um, you know, so, but if they don't play, then what I was getting at is that if they don't play, Ohio State's going to point to their situation and say, "Well, we played." You know, the, the, if if Michigan doesn't play, this is going to hang over them forever as they chickened out. Yeah, you know, well, and, and that's, I mean, like I said, I'd, I'd rather they go in there and take their lumps, lose the game, um, or, you know, who knows, maybe pull off a miracle. You, you never know. I mean, if, especially if Harbaugh's going out, he might just tell these guys, look, you know, this is the last time. This is my last game, and give me this one thing. Give the best effort you've ever given and, and maybe make it competitive, but I, I don't see it happening. I just don't think they're good enough, but when, hey, we can dream, right? Well, you know, the, the Ohio State, at last, the last I checked, they started as a 30-point favorite. Uh, I think it was up to 31 by this morning. Uh, that's the greatest uh, point spread. Yeah, like 30 uh, years it, or something. Or, or more. Uh, you know, and, and I saw people say, well, you know, that's the biggest point spread uh, in many years in this rivalry. And I thought, look, if you're a 30-point favorite against a team you've just basically dominated and, and beaten eight years in a row, that's not a rivalry. No, no, it is not. But we shall it's see. Not anyway. I mean, it's just we not. Can still we can still dislike Ohio State with great fervor. Well, of course. Yeah, you got to do that. Well, well I, yeah. I just want to give one shout out to uh, Eastern Michigan, uh, beat my Broncos. But you know, part of me doesn't feel that bad because my father, uh, Leroy, was is a member of the Eastern Michigan University Sports Hall of Fame. He was oh. a captain of that team for two years uh, back in the early 1960s, and um, I know that he'd be excited that the Eagles had pulled that off if he was still with us. Um, and and uh, that was a big deal for Eastern to get off the schneid, win their first game of the year, uh, upset the Broncos. Like I said, the Mac has been wild all year, fun to watch. Uh, Western still has a chance to win the West, um, but probably get decimated by Buffalo in the uh, <laughs> if they go to the championship game. But, man, who knows? Um, anyway, it was fun, fun stuff to watch this weekend. So happy that the uh, Eagles at Eastern Michigan University got their first win of the season because they've been close. They, they haven't been beaten that badly, and uh, that program needs to get back on its feet. So uh, congrats to the folks in Ipsy. I always yes. appreciate that. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, uh, hey, we're going to have hockey and, and basketball to talk about soon. Uh, got to still figure out what's going on with this Pistons roster. I can't make heads or tails of what they've got to play with this year. Uh, oh. But that's going to be... I'm excited to actually watch the Pistons for the first time in several years. I think they've got uh, one point guard uh, and uh, 14 centers. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, about what it looks like. And I have a feeling there may be some moves that uh, still have to be made yet there. But um, it'll be nice to see how they uh, how they manage this whole COVID situation, not in the bubble that they had for both leagues. Uh, you know, the Wings were skating at, uh, at, at the, you know, Little Caesars Arena the other day and I don't know. We'll be interested to see what's going on there. All right. I'm going to let you go, Pat. I always appreciate you on a Monday, Pat Bachelor, of course. And if you're not 
uh, watching this, you're listening to this. Pat has this lovely Star Trek mask on that uh, is pretty nice. It's blue. And I had to get him the blue one because, one, it represents Spock. And, and Pat and I are both Trekkers, so it's kind of a big deal. But you can't give somebody a red COVID mask because if you know anything about Star Trek, wearing red is never a good thing. <laughs> it's just asking for trouble. Anyway, have a great day, Pat. We'll talk to you again next week. All right. Thanks. Pat Bachelor, morning anchor at WDET in Detroit. We appreciate him being with us on Mondays to talk a little bit of football. Always a lot of fun and hope you enjoy it as well. Hey, thanks for checking out the show today. Just a quick reminder, if you want to get in touch with me, it is not hard to do. Just uh, find me at thecraigfollyshow at gmail.com. Again, thecraigfollyshow at gmail.com. You can also find me online uh, all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, primarily those three, but I'm also on Snapchat as well and uh, also on uh, Instagram, although I don't post a lot to Instagram because I'm sort of an audio format, really, most of the time. Uh, Also, if you want to go back and watch videos of my Friday shows, the week that was on Deadline Detroit, you can always find them at DeadlineDetroit.com or also on YouTube on Deadline Detroit's YouTube page. So if you didn't get a chance to watch this weekend, uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, Of course, Candace Fortman joined me from Outlier Media and also my friend Saeed Khan. Uh, We broke down the very strange week that we had in politics uh, last week. and, And obviously it was strange given the hearings that took place in Lansing with Rudy Giuliani. But anyway, if you do enjoy that, check it out every Friday. We are live on Facebook at 11.30 on Fridays, uh, typically right around there. Sometimes we miss by a couple of minutes or so, but, you know, hey, it's it's not live radio, so uh, it's live Facebook. So everything's a little bit different these days in the era of COVID, obviously, as we all work from remote locations. But anyway, check it out on Fridays or download the podcast. Had really good numbers the last couple of months uh, on the podcast download. So I thank you all for that very, very much. And if you like it, tell your friends we're doing this every week. We're having a lot of fun and um, hopefully, hopefully you are enjoying it as well. So thanks, everybody. Have a great day. We'll be back with some more stuff tomorrow, uh, some cool things that I've got coming up uh, that I will let you know about tomorrow. And, of course, then on Fridays, it's the week that was, which is always great. Have a great day, everyone. We'll talk soon. The Craig Folly Show is made possible in part by Deadline Detroit. Deadline Detroit has some of the best journalists in the city. We're asking you to support independent local journalism by joining our $3 a month membership. By joining, you become eligible to win prizes, including tickets for sporting events and gift cards to some of Detroit's best restaurants. Just go to our website and click the ad at the top or go to www.deadlinedetroit.com membership.